On this episode of Recruiting Hell, our latest guest is someone you've probably seen on LinkedIn, showing the world how to network effectively. Whether it's normal times or the pandemic of 2020, Lori Rifkin has a solution to grow your personal connections. They're going to people and say, I want you to hire me. I want you to send me to other people right. who can hire me. When you go network for the take, the network gods get mad. They make it miserable for you. They don't give you success. They make it so that you want to quit networking saying, you know, I, I talked to a hundred people and um, no one's offered me a job. Well, because you don't go asking for a job, you go finding about the people you're with. You get, you tell them um, what kind of person you are and you see what kind of person they are, learn about them. That's how you network by giving. You could give through writing an article. You could give through helping someone less fortunate than you. You could give by volunteering. All those activities ultimately will get you a job, but it's a lot slower because networking that way is a exponential function. It takes time, lots of time for all those connections to percolate, but when they do, success comes a lot faster. Hello and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm your host, Rob Conlon, and I'm glad you're here with us today. It is episode 24 today, and this is a topic that I've wanted to revisit for quite some time now. And I think our guest is quite possibly one of the most qualified and best resources available for your job hunt when it comes to networking and learning how to actually make meaningful connections with people in the professional world. I want to jump into this show as fast as possible because I know he's a busy guy. We've got limited time with him. And much like many of our guests, he does have a ton to share. As always, a quick rundown of things that you may need to know to get the most out of this show. Number one, RecruitingHell.com. Again, Recruiting-Hell.com. That's got our free newsletter, which is Recruiting Hell Over Time. You're literally just a few clicks away uh, from entering your email and getting more job advice in your inbox every single week. Number two, Patreon partners. Thank you, guys, as always. Really, it's great to have you helping others and getting great benefits like personalized coaching and sneak peeks into the show. If you're somebody who loves this show and it's helped you get somewhere in life with your job hunt, you can show your support with a few bucks a month and help make us bigger and better at patreon.com slash recruiting help. Number three, also please, by all means, please make sure to rate this show and or leave a review. Reviews are so big, so important, and they help other people find their way to us here at Recruiting Hell to kickstart their career search. Links, of course, in the show description for you to check out. And as always, before we start, we highlight the purpose of this show in our new four-part affirmation that we're going to make it through this. Part one, number one, I deserve to find a career opportunity that makes the most of who I am with the talents I was given. Number two, I deserve to know about and be protected from jobs and employers that would take advantage of me. Number three, Asking for help in my job search is a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness, and my willingness to seek help in my job hunt will ultimately pay off for me. Number four, I have the discipline and the motivation to succeed in this task. I can escape recruiting hell, and I'm welcome at this table to learn new skills to help me win my job hunt. You can and you will escape recruiting hell. 
Let's meet today's guest. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show, Lori Rifkin, creator of Lunch with Lori and owner of Accounting Solutions of Wisconsin, a bookkeeping and accounting firm. Lori, welcome to the show. Rob, it's a pleasure being here today. I've, uh, I look forward to this and see how uh, I could possibly help your listeners in their hunt for a new career opportunity. Most definitely, Lori. And again, that's that's why I was almost immediately drawn to you because I saw you on LinkedIn. I'm like, this I got to get this guy on the show someday. And this, this was even before the show existed. Like, I, I have to talk to this guy. So that's it's just excellent. And thanks again for for coming on here. In one of our pre-show calls, Lori, I want to dive right into this. Uh, you shared something that I think was really incredible about your past, about how your career had some portions that I, I would really call borderline tragic. I mean, you shared, shared some pretty sad stories uh, without making everybody you know, cry. Give us a brief rundown of, of what the Lori Rifkin saga is and, and where you come from. It's interesting. I, I failed many times. I've gotten fired for just not caring. I gotten fired for other jobs because um, I want to do it my way and I'm not mouth off to a boss. And I went into business with a family business that failed. And I was so destitute after that, that I was driving around with my wife and an infant in the car in Chicago, where I lived, going through garbage cans and forest preserves, pulling out aluminum cans to sell. And I didn't own the car. My uncle gave me the car. I had a thousand dollars left from the IRA and I had no other money. And I wound up taking a job in Milwaukee moving here. My mother-in-law fronted my money to come here, but I essentially came here with like an immigrant, no money in my pocket. My family wouldn't let me starve, but they didn't throw all kinds of money at me either. So I came to Milwaukee starting from scratch. That is, I I don't know if people know like what, how, how scary or how hard that must be. And and to just let, have you let us into that little portion of your life, Lori, I think is just a, it's, it's, it's incredible that it, A, it's all behind you now, which is great. And B, the, the vulnerability, the openness. Thank, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, that maybe reflects on a lot of what we've seen happen to people this year. There's, there's a lot of people that have lost a job they've enjoyed or for whatever reason this year. And in my experience, the people who have the best networks are often the ones who kind of survive that the best. And I know you've been doing with, your program, Lunch with Lori, I know you've been doing that for a long time. And as I said a little earlier, I followed you from LinkedIn and, and all my other connections who had some sort of connection to you before. And your name was really familiar to me. So, but, you know, people are seeing that big dinner plate logo behind you. Or, well, it's a lunch plate, really, <laughs> Lori. And what what is Lunch with Lori? And what, what do you do? Well, I got to regress one more thing. Uh, sure. All those experiences when I was at my lowest point. Another thing is, I lived in sweatpants because I ate and drank so much that none of my clothes fit. That's how depressed I was. When I wow. And it, that experience taught me a couple of things. It's important. Failure is required to be successful. Um, most, some people are lucky and they're just, they don't fail and they're successful. Right. But for the average person, you have to fail to have success. And success comes when it wants to, not when you want it. So those <laughs> two things... Um, I want to tell people because you can't rush success. You can't rush finding a job. And so I have a long journey. It's, it's where I am now. It took years. When I started, when I lost jobs in the past, I, people said, you have to network to find a job. I go network. I'm an introvert. I hate talking to people. I don't like going to events. I used to hide in my parents' basement when someone rang the doorbell 
because I don't want to meet anybody. <laughs> so you got to understand that this, everything I'm doing now is not natural to me. It's not my core. But then little by little, I started networking. Little by little, I figured it out. You know, if you're an introvert, the terror of a networking event is going to event, an event and everyone's around a cocktail table and knows each other and you're the stranger in the room. And little by little, I learned how to butt in. I learned how to talk to people. And then I realized, you know, I had this backwards about networking. There's no school in networking. I would go to networking events and ask, oh, can you help me find a job? Can you help me find business? And that's not networking. I call that the take. You can't get the take until you do the give. And so I started helping people. I started taking people to lunch, learning about them, not asking for anything. That led to a formal program, Lunch of Glory, where I would take people to lunch and hear their story in life. Not necessarily what they do for a business, not necessarily that they want something, just where were you born? Tell me about your kids, your favorite vacation. What do you like in life? What excites you? And so that started the Lunch of Lori one-on-ones. And then I got the courage to try a live event. And I had 20-some people signed up for a single de Mayo live Lunch of Lori event. Uh, and then COVID hit and canceled my event. And I panicked. I go, what do I do now? And one of my mentors said, like three weeks after, he goes, he goes, what are you waiting for? What do you mean, what am I waiting for? He goes, we're in a virtual world. When are you going to do a webinar? When are you going to host a Zoom meeting? When are you going to do a live pre- a presentation online? And I knew as soon as he said that, that I had to. And that's when I started the virtual lunch of Lori events that are a monthly event now. So that's the background. It wasn't one of success. It was failure, freezing, inaction that led to the success. Excellent. So you touched on a couple of really important things there, Lori. Number one, the give and the take. I think are are really something that is a lot of people say I have to network, which means I have to introduce myself to people. So they hire me. That's, that's a give that's pulling from people. But what you're saying is that that part of the secret is, is giving to people. That's a take. They're going to people and say, I want you to hire me. I want you to send me to other people who can hire me. When you go network for the take, the network gods get mad. They make it miserable for you. They don't give you success. They make it so that you want to quit networking, saying, you know, I I talked to 100 people and um, no one's offering me a job. Well, because you don't go asking for a job. You go finding about the people you're with. You get, you tell them um, what kind of person you are and you see what kind of person they are, learn about them. That's how you network by giving. You could give through writing an article, You could give through helping someone less fortunate than you. You could give by volunteering. All those activities ultimately will get you a job, but it's a lot slower because networking that way is a exponential function. It takes time, lots of time for all those connections to percolate. But when they do, success comes a lot faster. So then, Lori, this is kind of a yes or no question I'm going to ask you. Is that maybe the number one secret to networking is to not make it about you, but make it about them? It really is. It's not the number one secret, but it's it's a completely contrarian approach. Almost, you know, and I was in that boat. So I'm just going to say as a job seeker, when I meet them, usually very early in a the conversation, they tell me they're looking for a job. 
I really don't care. I want to know about them because if I like you as a person, then I'm going to open up my network to you. But when you first leave with, I want a job, you want me to promote you yet. I don't know anything about you. Gotcha. Okay. So, and then that's, that's maybe what a lot of people are doing wrong is, is not selling themselves too early. They are selling themselves too early when they, people don't even know what they're buying. Correct. They don't. And it's interesting. Um, when you send resumes off to a company, to the black hole of the resume uh, collection, vehicle, <laughs> yes. um, you, you are so used to doing it that way. But when you network in person, people want to know you because one's going to a machine that's reading your resume and one is a person. If you want my help, I got to know that you're trustworthy. I got to know you're real. I want to I want to know the skills you tell me are really the skills you have. You do that through questions and answers. And I don't want to know about your resume in the beginning. Because you could fake a resume, you can't fake your core. Very true, very true. All right, so next quick question, number one biggest secret to networking. If that wasn't it, I am definitely curious what might be. The secret secret of network success is 100 one-on-one meetings. Really? If you have a hundred one-on-one meetings with people, something's going to happen out of that. Interesting. And going with the attitude we just talked about. Yes. You have to go in there, right. which I'll call it the lunch of Lori networking way is um, you're learning about the other person. You're sharing your story. You're sharing your life. And I have some people say, well, I have nothing to share. I, my, my wife and my daughter say they have no passion. I said, you do. When you have no passion for something, your passion is not having a passion. Everybody has something to share. Definitely. And you know, the thing I've always found out too is that if you don't know what you're good at, ask somebody else what you're good at. They will tell you because we don't see that. It's that kind of blind spot for us. Or I'll They're, do what my kids my kids say they don't I have a daughter who doesn't like anything in a job. She went to Madison, she doesn't know what she wants to do. My advice in that situation, if you don't know what you really want to do, take the job you hate. Because I guarantee you'll quickly learn what you like. That's fair. That's very fair. So, Lori, back to bringing a little bit more of your program. When somebody goes to a lunch with Lori, whether it's with you one-on-one or, or in a virtual manner, what's the format and how does it kind of work to make networking a little bit easier? Well, it's not easier. Actually, it's harder because I'm a believer get your pain in the front end. So a lunch with Lori event is networking with an x-ray into people's souls. And what I mean with, mean about that is when you register for a Lunch of Lori event, mm-hmm. you have to answer 10 personal questions from what's your favorite charity? What excites you? What do you want on your tombstone? What prank are you going to play? What's your favorite, favorite charity and why? What's your favorite childhood memory and why? Think about those questions. If I ask those 10 questions, I learn a ton about something. They get a ton of conversation. So that's step one. Step two I've learned forced participation is the equal opportunity program for networking. Introverts and extroverts really? have to network the same. So everyone has to connect with every other person on LinkedIn before the meeting. So now you've got two forced things. You can't even come unless you answer 10 questions. You can't come unless you connect to the other 20 people. And then during the event, I call on every single participant and, and have them explain their most interesting answer. So everyone has to participate, even introverts. And then it gets even better. After the event, I do a big post on LinkedIn 
mentioning everybody. Everyone can put a comment on there. Now they're getting feeds in their LinkedIn chain, so it helps promote them. And the last thing I do is I tell people to continue talking to everybody afterward because Lunch of Glory is not about getting a job. Lunch of Glory is about knowing people, getting friends, possibly finding vendors, possibly selling to people, and possibly getting a job. But those are the secondary considerations. But people get jobs out of it because people learn about them at the personal level. When you share your personal stories like I have today, you're vulnerable, you're honest, you're real. People want to hire real people. That That is so true, Lori. And again, from, from the people that I know, again, that are connected to you, like Elsie Flanard is a great example of this. The guy is is just one of my favorite people that I've met from LinkedIn. And it was all through networking. And that eventually led to you. And I'm sure there's 18 other people in the event that you're holding in November that I'm going to be attending that I am going to have that same LinkedIn friendship relationship that may even go further than that. So that, that's excellent. Uh, but in the past uh, episodes, Lori, we've also talked about you know this doing your own thing. And we mentioned that you run an accounting firm by day. But this is... Is this like a side hustle? Is what what kind of what is what is lunch oh, with Laura? No, no, I I've decided with COVID, I had I got hit by COVID too. I'm not immune. Oh sure. So I have to retool. So I came up with the idea. Where do you learn how to network? I am actually paying to have a professional online course to teach people how to network because there is wow. no school to network. I have four kids who went to college in Wisconsin. Not one of them was ever taught how to network. If you're unemployed and never network. Where are you going to learn how to network? If you're an introvert and you don't know some of the secrets to make networking easier, you're not going to go out and network. There really, if you think about, there is no real formal courses. There's a couple here and there, but they really aren't geared to, my market is introverts, recent college grads, and those looking for work. Because those are the three groups that need the most help in networking. Definitely. So then let's, let's, let's talk about, what where you've where you've taken this, you know, the entrepreneurial side of networking and building a business is is very similar to job hunting. So Lunch with Lori, again, you said started out as kind of a, a one-on-one thing. And this was just you decided that you needed to meet this person, took them to lunch, and gave this kind of conversation to them of here's who I am, not here's what I need. Is is that no, kind of- no, it's not Rob, it's completely opposite. Okay. All I did was ask a series of cascading questions to people I meet. It's not about me at all. It's only about the other person. It's asking them a million questions so you know everything about them. And people love telling the story of their life. Because How many people you meet have incredible stories and no one asks them, can you share your story? Tons of them. Oh. Absolutely tons. I mean, there, there are so many people who are, are quietly... Awesome. I think it's what I call it. And so when you start having people share their story, what I found, like I said, you have a hundred of those meetings, you're going to find tons of common ground. I didn't know you like kayaking. I want to kayak. Maybe go kayaking. You want to kayaking with that person. Don't you think if they saw a job, they're going to more likely recommend you because they spend a couple hours with you. It's all about the other person. Now I say that to the extreme because if I didn't, people want to push in too much about them early. I, if they ask me about myself, I tell them, but I don't go in there planning to tell them about myself. I'm there to learn about their story. And those lunch of Lori's individual ones, I publish their story on LinkedIn and people love having something published about themselves. Oh, of course. 
Definitely. So there's maybe a LinkedIn strategy people can use if they're going to use a something similar to what you've done in the past is when you meet that person, tell their story. Don't tell your story. Tell their story. Tell their story. When you tell other people's stories, you're telling something about yourself. I'm the storyteller. I'm the connector. I'm the person who takes people out to lunch. I created a brand which people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just by taking people out to lunch. For $5,000 in lunches, I created a brand. And now I have recognition over the United States now. It's spreading out. Yep. You don't have to spend a lot of money on creating a brand of what you stand for. But you do have to do one important thing, Rob. You have to start. Right. And and that's actually, I think, one of the really most important things you can tell everybody on this show. Because when I'm assuming that our audience is probably dealing with some real financial challenges right now because of the pandemic and and work stoppages and things like that, you don't necessarily need the 5,000 bucks at first. You can start with 30 or 50 or whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be a massive investment to help get your networking career going, correct? No, it's just, if you do it on Zoom right now, you can't even go out to lunch half the time. So yeah. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't have to spend money, but you have to spend something else, which is harder for most people. You have to spend dedicated time, time absolutely. all the time, be persistent, not give up. There's days where I don't want to go do it. You think I'm down. I have my own problems in my life and family, and I didn't want to go out and network. My wife was dying of cancer. Luckily, she survived. I started Clarity Management. I had to go out and network. So we could find a million excuses why we can't do it, but we only got to find one reason to do it because we want to get better. Right. Got it. So you said earlier that you like, you specialize in introverts and people who are really looking for work and that introverts communicate a slightly different way from everybody else. Let's talk about building a network like an extrovert. And besides sort of speaking the language, how? Well, it's introverts and extroverts. The only, I'm going to give an example. It's the best way to describe it because not what people think hundred percent. I'm an introvert. And what that means for me to go to a big network event wears me out. So I got to have more energy and I got to have a longer recovery time. So when I go to a big network event, I come home, I have to go to my reclining chair, turn off the lights, turn off sound and spend an hour regaining energy. My wife is an extrovert. She goes to the same exact network meeting. She comes home has to dial 30 girlfriends on speed dial saying, I saw this person and wearing this lipstick and this dress. She doesn't need the, the party gives her the energy to network event. So introverts, I operate in network as an extrovert, but I pay a price in energy. So when an introvert says I can't do it, no, no, they could do it. They just need to have more energy to do it. Got it. Sort of, sort of saving up to, to deal with that, situation and putting me it's somewhat it's something of a stress i would think is is to go go deal with that stress for a few hours but think about if you're an introvert and you stress out about going to a network event you spent all your energy on the stress part and none of it at the event so just go and you don't have to leave with 30 business cards if you're an introvert i would teach you to start go get one business card talk to a person now you can't hog a person talk to a person 10 minutes Next event, talk to two people and build up slow. It took me years to build up. We're not talking transforming overnight, but again, it comes down to it. You have to start. You can't get anywhere if you don't start. 
Got it. As, as that old Zig Ziglar quote, you don't have to be good to start, but you have to start to be good. And my network in the beginning was terrible. I, really? Know, it was awkward. Oh, I would try to break in those little cocktail table things. And people are looking like, who are you? Why why you, why you, why you want to talk in our little group? And I learned because I would go in there and say what I do, what I want. Now I'll go in and say, how's it going, guys? What brings you to this event? Why are you here today? This is a neat event. They have great food here. Can I put my, can I put my plate down a second while I'm eating? And you start talking to people. So you go in with little, I call them tiny questions. Can I stand here and put my plate down while I'm eating? And then if you're good, you start talking to the people. Little by little, let me introduce myself. Here's who I am. Then I ask people, why did you come to this event? And I'll tell why I come. You just make small talk. And as an introvert, I had to learn how to do that. And once I got over the hurdle, it doesn't matter anymore. Because if they don't like me, who cares? I'm going home. True. You may never see them again, right? Yeah. (laughs) Good deal. And if you practice it, the next event's easier and easier. And I did that over the last four or five years, really heavy networking. It got easier and easier and easier. I met more people and more people. And then I turned it into a brand. Awesome. And, you know, you mentioned that like little, little steps, those, those tiny questions, as you said, the first one, you know, can I put my plate down here? That's a very human thing to ask people. And I don't think there's going to be anybody at a networking event unless they're an absolute jerk who's going to say no, you know, and it's that little, that first yes, that starts to wedge open the door a little bit more. Or if you're at that same table and the person next to his cocktail is low, then say, I'm going to get a drink. Do you want me to get you one? Right. Those are the questions that I'm not, again, I'm not saying I'm Lori. I'm looking for a job. They're just small talk. And if I don't, if I was unemployed and I don't mention at all, I'm looking for a job at that event. It's okay. Cause I have follow through time. That's the other thing. Most people who start networking lack on the follow through. Gotcha. Question about that. Uh, picking up the drink, Lori, are you buying that drink? I usually do. And I buy lunches and here's why I'll buy the lunch. And here's why I do it. Cause at the end of the meeting, I say to the person, they usually want to pay. They usually offer. I go, no. I pay this time because we're meeting in three months and you're paying the next time. I got my next meeting. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Nice little trick. I like it. I like it. I like it. Good deal. So another big thing that I'm hearing here is, is the practice, the reps. You have to, you have to push to the next little level, whether it's event one, two, three, or four, or event 50, you need to be higher than you were the, the previous time. Correct. I mean, you just, you have to, continue to build your skills in networking every single time. It takes, if you haven't networked before, it will take you nine months to a year to be decent in networking. Wow. So if you think it's going to happen sooner, don't get discouraged. I'm not saying don't get upset, but if you quit after three months, six months, nine months, you're doing yourself an injustice because it's an exponential function. It's designed to make you quit when success is around the corner. Wow. Whew. That that is pretty deep, my friend. And that that's impressive. The one thing that I really actually wanted to ask you then, Lori, is is on that kind of note, you've met a ton of people, and I'm sure there are people that have been memorable from your entire networking career. This was actually an, almost an afterthought when I was writing this episode. 
I want to get it out here to people though. Who was your most important networking connection and, and how did you find this person? I don't think it was one. It was getting to be known in groups. Um, I would go to an organization's events. It would take me a year. People would say hi to me. People would talk to me, but it took a year before they said, let's go grab a coffee next week. Um, here's a deal okay. I heard about. So it isn't, to me, it hasn't been a person. It's getting known in groups. And that's another way of networking. A lot of people look at it has to be a person to person. It could be networking in a group, get known in a group. If I was a, I'm going to use a purchasing manager. I would be networking and purchasing manager groups, but I don't want to be the same as anyone else. Here's another little secret. You need a differentiator. So I'm going to, I'm not going to use myself as an example. During COVID, supply chains got hurt. If I was a purchasing manager looking for a job, I'd be writing articles on how to rebuild a supply chain. I would be telling people I'm a subject matter expert in rebuilding supply chains. And the other people looking for the job are sending in a resume purchasing manner manager i'm sending a resume in oh i'm look, i'm a purchasing manager but i've done six articles on how to build a new supply chain i'm a subject matter expert besides being a person who has the attributes of a purchasing manager everyone's got to find a differentiator got it and we've talked about unique selling propositions for people everyone has one everyone needs to identify what theirs are Not if you have selling propositions you fail giving proposition Fair enough. <laughs> it's a, and in that case, selling proposition, you're right, Lori. It's a giving proposition. Uh, the, the term itself maybe needs to be a little bit altered as to what makes you, you. And I think that that's really uh, what it harkens back to, but taking a look at it again, like you said, from the other side, the giving, not the selling, which is awesome. Okay. Lori, we are, I don't know how these episodes fly by so fast. Sometimes it's crazy. Uh, closing out a little bit. There's a little, there's a crazy statistic out there right now. And it says the unemployment rate is 7.9%. That came out on October 2nd from Bureau of Labor, of Labor and Statistics.gov. And the measurement was very recently argued in Forbes and on CNBC. They've proposed that the real unemployment rate in America right now is a lot closer to 18.8 or maybe almost 19% due to overwhelmed government offices and, and people no longer looking for work. So regardless of, you know, painting that horrible picture there, what is it that you want to say to job seekers, not just in America in this crazy recession, but the whole world over right now on how to get through this, this crazy time? I think it boils down to self-sufficiency. If you're looking for the government and someone to bail you out, you're not going to find it. So practice networking, get good at it. If you're not working, pick up a skill, learn something. Because I've learned one thing. You could be a commodity employee or you could be a proprietary employee. What makes you proprietary? Learn a new skill. Um, help give. Volunteer. Be known for something. Because when you send those resumes in, you're one of 5,000. It's not going to go anywhere. But if you're known for a giver in the community, helping people, always volunteering, a subject matter expert, you have something else to fall back on. Now, people say that's too much work. It's too hard. I can't do it. Well, then you're going to be, when you make that statement, you have defined yourself as a commodity and getting a job as a commodity today. I'm not sure of that 18%. If all of them are going back to work, they consider themselves a commodity. Wow. That's really un unfortunate to hear as, as far as like the commoditization. 
because everybody is is worthwhile. I mean, we talked about it in kind of the or I, I spoke about it in the the opener that you know I believe that people deserve a fair job where they're not treated like a commodity. But you're absolutely correct, Lori, is that when folks don't try to be something that is truly unique, which is what they have the potential to be, they kind of wind up as this run of the mill. Well, you're a warm body, right? Well, you don't have to be a rock star, but you have to no. try. You have to try. And and I try I meet a lot of people who I call they're a victim. They wear a badge of being a victim on their shoulder. And at least don't be a victim. Again, I've been unemployed. So I you can't say, Lori, you don't understand. Yes, I do, because I've been unemployed. I've been broke. I do understand. If you're a victim, you're not going to go anywhere. So at a minimum, don't be a victim. And there's always someone in worse shape than you help someone else because out of that giving you will get something and do the one-on-ones. If I challenge of your listeners, stop sending resumes for one month. And all you do is go one-on-one meetings with people and tell me how you feel after one-on-one meetings after one month versus sending your resume into the black hole that you never hear anything from. You will feel better Give that one-on-one chance to percolate. You will get a job through one-on-one meetings. Got it. And that is so, that is such a, I mean, we've covered so many resume things on this show. That's the first time that we've ever had somebody say, hold up on those, hold up, try this. And I really, that's awesome, Lori. What is the percentage? You have a lot of people resumes. What's the percentage of, they send a hundred resumes out. What's your average person? What response do they get? Uh, let me see if they hear back from, and I'll to put some personal data in there too. If I were to send 500 or let's say a thousand resumes might hear back from 30 companies. So 3%. And of those, maybe three might, uh, result in an interview. So we're pushing down towards 1%. That's three, three is 1%. That's crazy. But I mean, you're, you're playing this fractional game here. If I can do my math correctly. So take, okay. If you could send 5,000 resumes in six months or take one year to do 100 one-on-one meetings. The one-on-one meetings give you instant feedback. You never get any feedback from sending a resume. Right, because legal says no. <laughs> and, and the one-on-one meetings, you meet interesting people and you learn new things. You don't learn anything from sending a resume in. I, again, I'll challenge everyone. Stop sending resumes for a month and start booking those one-on-one meetings. And you email me if you don't feel better after doing it that way. And then you can go back to resumes. But take a break because you're doing it the same as your competition. You don't have a chance of being different. Meeting people one-on-one, taking the time to pick up a telephone and say, hi, I'm Lori Rifkin. Can we meet? I'm interested in learning some more about what you do. How many people do that today? Sending a resume because of, of electronic has been the death of more people trying to look for a job than any other thing. Got it. Now, uh, one one quick question that Lori, and I hate to be the but Lori kind of guy. I'm somebody who's got a family to feed. Let's pretend f- for a moment. I got minimal savings. I don't know if I can stop sending out resumes. What do I do? I say stop because if I say same resumes and do one-on-ones, people won't do the one-on-ones. So know what you got to do? You got to get, I, I've created a position for myself for people who are looking for jobs. It's not a coach. I'm the chief necessity officer. I make it necessary that you sign up for those one-on-one meetings. Because if I tell your listeners to do the resumes and one-on-one meetings, and I interviewed 100 of your listeners one month later, 
Very few have done the one-on-one meetings because it's too much work. Got it. Okay. So listeners, there there is your challenge. If uh, you're sick of sending resumes, try Lori's way. That That is, I think everybody can maybe get on board with that because I think everybody's sick of sending resumes, Lori. Yeah, <laughs> I really, really, <laughs> really do. Well, excellent. Lori, this this has been fun. Number one, you've you've dropped some amazing advice on us. Uh, did I miss asking you anything about lunch with Lori or or networking that really needs to come out to people right now? Um, the only thing is, um, I got six months when I have my course. Um, it'd be interesting. Maybe we launch a, a early version with some of your listeners who really need the help oh, wow. at an introductory price, so they could see what the feedback is. If you not, if you haven't networked, I have things like scripts because I know how hard it is. You're sitting there, and if I told your listeners today, I want you to write an introductory script for LinkedIn. Probably three quarters of people are running to the door. So when I when I'm running my course, it's a workbook course. It's hands on. Here's a script you could use. Here's the questions you ask to meet people. Here's the target number of meetings you need. So I've learned when you have discrete, concrete goals and actions stuff gets done. But if I say to your listeners, go, go connect to hundred people on LinkedIn, they wouldn't know how to do it, where to do it. What do you say? So I've created in my course, I'm writing all those steps. It's not telling you what to do. It's telling you how to do it and why to do it. Very cool. Very cool. Lori. And again, focusing on, on the other person, definitely a winning thing. So I know that you mentioned you've got the course coming up, which I'm I'm looking forward to. And I, I definitely would like to see if there's a, a way we can work together in the future on that. And you said six months out, which is going to be here tomorrow. It really is. The other thing I know that you have coming up is November 19th, correct? correct. 11... A couple slots left for my lunch of Lori. Now, I one thing I will say, my lunch of Lori is not designed to get a job. So I'm not going to have right. everyone be looking for a job. But I let in there five to six 25% of the people are looking for a job that come, but there are people who have interesting stories. Again, you got to have some differentiator. I know you could say I have bills to pay and stuff, but you can't rush a job. You could send out those thousand resumes, but if you're the same as the other thousand they got, you're not going to get a job. So Lunch of Lori, if you are really a go-getter and want to go through networking, sign up for a Lunch of Lori. Um, I have a website where you could get on a mailing list. Uh, www.lunchwithlaurie.com. So you can sign up. I have the next open events on there. We have one or two slots left for the November 19th event. I'll be working on a December event coming up. But if you want to, if you want to learn to network, you have a burning desire. If you're the type of person that Lori, I'll take that challenge, not send resumes and it, I want to meet a hundred people one-on-one. I encourage you to sign up. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I, I look forward to seeing you virtually there, Lori, number one. And, and for listeners, if you're hearing this and there's still space, by all means, please, by all means, sign up, get with Lori here. He's got the, the some of this excellent information for you. And I'm going to be at that event, which is going to be a ton of fun. Again, that's what, November 19th, 1130 Central or, or Chicago time in that case, because we do have international listeners, which is kind of cool. Well, Lori, thanks again for being with us here, my friend. Anything else you'd like to add before other than, you know, visit you on, on your website and hit you on LinkedIn, things like that? Well, I have one thing. Your listeners should all connect with me on LinkedIn because yes. you never know if I connect with somebody. I know people are looking for help. And again, the, the hidden job market where people find jobs through networking that never make it to an ad, connect with me on LinkedIn. 
tell me what you're looking for. Because in my travels, I might see something for you. So I encourage everyone, send me a connection request. It's Lori Rifkin. You'll find me on LinkedIn and connect with me. You know, I've given this challenge. I've been in other groups of unemployed people gave that challenge. Yeah. And you know how many people connect? Really? We can do better than that. I know there's listeners out there. If you've connected with me, you need to connect with Lori. And there's a whole lot of folks out there who I know that are great listeners, longtime listeners. I will encourage them, Lori, because not only is it in their best interest, but also I'm sure at some point in time, it turns around for you as well to help you continue your, your journey also. They might see somebody. I, I publish a lot of the events that go to. They might see somebody they want an introduction to. And if they're connected with me, I can make that introduction. But I don't know if they want to meet somebody. I can't connect them. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's the same thing. And again, put both of our networks to work for you if you're a listener here on Recruiting Hell. Well, it's time to wrap up, Lori. So we're in great shape for more Recruiting Hell and other great information and the people that revolve around this show. Like Lori Rifkin, head on over to RecruitingHell.com. That's Recruiting-Hell.com. And be sure to subscribe to Recruiting Hell Overtime. It's our new weekly newsletter full of extra stuff that doesn't fit in this show. You can also find our blog, the social media accounts, show notes, and of course, links to our Tee Public if you want one of these shirts, and Patreon pages to help support the show and the job hunt. Also, there is a bit of a casting call going out. If you've escaped Recruiting Hell and you're a listener of this show, we want to know about it. Our second escapee edition is in pre-production right now, and number three could be you. Drop us a line through RecruitingHell.com's contact form, or hey, email me direct at TheRecruitingHellPodcast at gmail.com. Share your story, and you know what? You might even be the next guest on the show. If you're looking for more great shows for other guests that appear here on Recruiting Hell, check out RecruitingHell.com for our list of wonderful content creators and companies like Lori's that we call friends. Check them out. They're amazing people. And hey, if you haven't subscribed, followed, or shared this show, or even rated this show, That would be amazing if you could do that. There are millions of people the world over, not just in America, but they're all over. We've had listeners from Australia, Argentina, Germany, Serbia. These folks are out of work. They need to learn how to power up their job hunt, and they're likely your friends and neighbors. Let's get them helped out. Lastly, as always, thanks to Purple Planet for our music and you, the listener, for tuning in. I'm Rob Conlon, and until we meet again, keep moving forward with your self-betterment and your job hunt. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace.